understand who the fuck I am on this U.S. land. I let my hair grow, then I cut it off. Put a couple lines in it, cause you know I'm never coming soft. I do a lot of shows and I get a lot of stares. I got a lot of haters, but really who cares? Who cares? Nobody cares. Screw the haters. Welcome to episode 5 of Mitch Please, guys. Thank you very much for giving it a click. Giving it a click on YouTube. Giving it a click on SoundCloud. It's much appreciated. And uh, guys, uh, coming off last week, Zach Reeb, Mr. Primetime, really enjoyed that interview. Was real hyped. The fact that we actually got on NoDQ.com, got that episode posted on a, I would consider NoDQ.com probably like a top five wrestling news website. I've been a fan of theirs for a while, so thank you to Mr. Spiffy and everybody at NoDQ.com for getting us on there. That uh, really meant a lot to me, as did the interview. And uh, thank you to everybody that's given me feedback on that interview, and we're definitely going to get Zach back on the show, but I want to talk about this week, because this week, our guest is the globally traveled, well-known, world-renowned uh, Thunder Rosa, and uh, we did an interview with her, well, I did the interview with her, um, after Work Farm Wars, uh, the, the show that I attended in Oroville a couple weeks back, so it was cool, um, it was fun. Uh, you'll hear me. You'll, you'll hear. Woo! You're, you're going to hear me stumble right now. But you're also going to hear me stumble at the finish of that. I stumbled at the finish of the of the uh, of last week's show going out. I'm just a stumbler. I can't help it. I'm. Uh, what happens, guys, is I do this in one take. I don't really uh, edit this. I don't keep going harping myself on this interview. Uh, you know, on my speaking, obviously, because if I do. Uh, I'm a perfectionist, so it'll just I'll give myself a massive headache, and um, I have enough massive headaches uh, on a daily basis because I have a massive head. My head's huge, man. I've seen pictures of myself lately. My head is like enormous. Like I don't know what happened. Like I've gained some weight over the last six months. I swear, like at least I think I've gained like ten pounds just straight to my head. Like my hats don't fit me. I got a big head. I got a big belly. But uh, it's all right, guys, because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm enjoying doing this show. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. And again, thank you to everybody that's supporting it. Mitch, please on Facebook, YouTube.com/slash/TheMitchValentine. Subscribe, a comment, a share. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram. Uh, get on Snapchat at HeartbreakerMV. Uh, let's let's get interactive, guys. And later in the show, after this Thunder Rosa interview, I'm gonna get uh, interactive. I'm gonna get conversationally with the man that's actually staring at me right now. Uh, he's scratching his left knee and he's staring right at me. Uh, Mike Shoop is back on Mitch. Please, we're gonna talk about. Huh, yeah, probably professional wrestling because that's what we love. And we're going to talk about that after we cut over to this interview right now with the one and only, the unstoppable, Thunder Rosa. Here we are in the messiest office in professional wrestling, uh, directly after a PCW Work Farm Wars. I am here with my guest this week on Mitch Please, the one and only, the unstoppable, Thunder Rosa. What's Thunder. Up? What's up, Mitch? I'm just like taking the paint out of my face. She's wiping her face. She just wrestled for the PCW Tag Team Championships with Holiday against the Classic Connection. It was a great match. Uh, Thunder, what uh, what, what have you? I mean, your first match was here in Pro Championship Wrestling. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It was uh, October of 2014, off the chain in Chico. I thought it was November. <laughs> 
Well, no, it was October. I know, like, I, I mean, uh, it was our last show in Chico as of right now, uh, and it was your first match. Now, you didn't know it was going to be your first match. Uh, it was kind of thrown at you last minute. I mean, what was going through your head? Uh, I know you trained for years, trained for a while, and then here we go, Pro Championship Wrestling, Chico, California, your first match. What was your uh, what was your feelings going in? Um, well, first of all, like, um, I want to thank PCW for always giving me an opportunity to do, like, things first. You know, it's like, as you mentioned, uh, Colin and I, this was our first intergender uh, match. I know people are having issues with, you know, men wrestling females, but I always show that, you know, things can be just as believable as anything else. Um, well, going back to your question, um, you know, I, I didn't want to go to the show to tell you the truth. I was bitching the whole entire time. I was like, well, I don't want to go. Like, why don't I go? And my husband was like, well, shut up, get in the car, and like, we'll see. You know, one of my, my peers, uh, Ethan White, he was in the car too. And um, he was also telling me, like, ah, stop bitching about it. So um, I just got in the car, and I bitched the whole entire time until I got there. And then all of a sudden, fucking um, MVP was like, hey, can you wrestle? I was like, duh, I've been training for nine months. I think I can wrestle. He's like, you have a match today. And... Uh, you know. so, so you've been training for nine months. Did you do any battle royals? Or I mean, I, I remember you being like a valet for Dylan Drake. Um, I think I did like maybe like one or two. Like not, I wasn't like really in the ring as much. And like I was just starting to have matches. You know, um, I was training back then with uh, Julian or Idris Jackson. That he's no longer wrestling, unfortunately. He was one of my, you know young mentors he was always very good with me and like teaching us you know just just to be humble and to like you know work hard on um, and um you know they were just feeding me stuff little by little but i never thought i was gonna have a match and it was uh with amanda rodden or kikio and like like when you have your first match you know you're not gonna get anything in so it was like a squash match but um but i learned a lot you know because my my coach matt carlos and dylan drake they like hold me by the hand and then pretty much told me what to do yeah yeah no i was gonna ask you uh you, you said idris jackson matt carlos dylan drake i mean who are the some of the people in norcal wrestling that kind of mentored you as you started to train and as you started transitioning into working shows uh it was like mainly you know i used to travel a lot with the julian or idris jackson um definitely one of like the people that i you know i have a lot of respect and like i i like love making proud is matt carlos He's like the one of the ones that uh, train us on semi-pro, and like I said, Dylan Drake. They were like the basic three people that were uh, at the at the beginnings. You know, that taught me the basics. That taught me the, the book, what APW is, and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, there's been like now there's been a lot of other people because I've been traveling a lot, and I try to like everywhere I go to train where they the locals train to see what they do. You know. Uh, and like just to learn more about wrestling because it's not all about one style you know people all over the world train and wrestle differently so i want to be as diverse as possible yeah no it's incredibly impressive and like admirable like what you've accomplished under i mean you've you know wrestled all over norcal you pretty much dominated the women's division in norcal then you go to japan i mean can you briefly tell us about your experience in japan i mean how did you get there who brought you there how long were you there and how was the experience um i was there for three months uh i got the opportunity to go there because of cheerleader melissa who is like an icon of female wrestling here and in the whole entire world so um she saw potential one time seeing me train at the gold mine in pacifica california 
and um, and she just hit me up and she's like, "You want to go to Japan?" I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like that's one of my goals, you know. And that's how that's how it happened. And she gave me one month. I didn't have no passport. I mean, get my passport. I got my stuff, and I I went on my way. You know, it's like when you have a, a goal and and you have the means to do it. You know, it's like you just have to go for it. And it's that is how it's been. And over there, um, you know, my expectations were really high. But I think when, when you go with really high expectations and then you don't get what you think you were going to get, you kind of get, like, let down. But, you know, at the same time, I don't want to get into details on that, but it was, like, a very positive experience because that, it taught me how to be a worker and not to be a, uh egocentrical person and think about, oh, I just want to get my shit in, I just want to get my shit in. It's like, no, it's like when you have a match, you have two people and you have to make sure that when you're in the ring with somebody, you help them look good and they'll help you look good. Like that was a mindset, you know, because I went there to, it's talent enhancement, right? And they gave me a huge platform because I had no experience whatsoever and I had to learn on the go. Who are some of the talents uh, in Japan that uh, most memorable to work <clears throat> with, most memorable that gave you some help, some advice? Uh, who were those, were those Storm, folks? Nikki who's now in NXT, you know, she, you know, she took me under her wing along with Starfire, who is a wrestler, a very talented female wrestler from Mexico City. And like, looking back at it, this has been a year actually, um, in April, uh, they taught me a lot, you know, uh, you know, Starfire Lucha, she taught me a lot of like basics of Lucha. And Nikki was more of being a worker, you know, because she's well known for being one of the greatest workers. And, you know, I was able to be there for um, when she did her, I think one of her tryouts, you know, I, she asked me not to say anything for a whole year. Um, and then, um, you know, it was just like the camaraderie that came out of it and like, now all the girls that have gone to Japan after we went there, we became friends, you know. La Rosa Negra, who's, you know, in Florida, she was part of the, our team. Um, Kalidad, who's now, now I'm tagging with her and like training with her in Los Angeles. Um, she became a huge friend of mine. Uh, who else is like, became like really good friends. Um, several people have been in, 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 in the show, you know, like Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea for uh, tough, tough enough, enough yeah. yeah. I now I, I I know her, you know, and like she's coming to California, and like it, this all goes back to to Japan, you know. Like a lot of us didn't really know each other personally, but it was a uh, a connection, you know, because we experienced something. We lived in the same apartment, not at the same time, you know, so we experienced similar stuff. That's big, that camaraderie, that bonding, and then sharing and learning. I mean, that's huge. That's what wrestling should be all about. Uh, now, a couple things to me that stand out why you're so successful in such a short amount of time, in my opinion. Uh, first of all, your physical appearance. I mean, you take working out serious. I mean, you treat wrestling like a business, and we'll get to that. But, I mean, working out. I mean, I know you've given me diet advice, and I wish I would have <laughs> followed it a little better. I'm still, I'm, I'm still going gonna, gonna to get back on it. But, I mean, when did you discover a passion for working out? And uh, what is uh, what advice would you give somebody that just to motivate them to work out? And how uh, important is it? I mean, I like I always like working out. Even when I was a young girl, like I was very active with my friends in the streets. I never did like any like sports or taught any like group sports or whatever. I mean, I grew up in Mexico, so you know, like my parents didn't like me doing sports and none of that stuff. So I discovered that I like sports and I was good at sports when I was in. 
uh, college when I went to college in, in, in San Diego and I started like you know practicing tennis and then I did like all the sports that my parents didn't let me I practiced them when I was older but what made me like really changed my mind was when I met my husband because he was all about doing sports and like football and baseball so he made me try all the sports you know when we shout did. out to Brian sorry to interrupt you gotta shout him out <laughs> no I gotta tell you a real story on your husband real quick I don't know if you know this I don't know if he told you this when I was in Pennsylvania living with Tamerlan Sitch and mm -hmm. I just was having a bad day I was just feeling real down on myself mm -hmm. about you know my body or whatever it was and I actually had a, like a conversation with your husband Brian and he actually really really helped me so shout out to Brian man yeah, he's he's definitely like he's like what made me do wrestling, and um, we started training together when we were dating. He lost a lot of weight, you know. Then he gained it all back, and then like I went to college, and like I got we all got all like busy and stuff, and we lost that. But when we got I got really serious was when I before I started getting in the ring, you know, because I noticed that you know, uh, yeah, just being a girl wasn't gonna cut it, you know. I had to be different, like I. And the way I had a disadvantage, I'm like Mexican, then I'm training pro wrestling, so everybody thinks I'm gonna do, that I'm a luchador, you know. So I was like, okay, I gotta show that I have the dedication, the commitment, and everything, not only inside of the ring, but it was outside of the ring, and like why I deserve to be in the ring, you know. At IPW, that's one of the things that they had us do. They had us training without a shirt on. Like I didn't want to train and be like go fat and not feel comfortable in myself. I'm not. I mean, let's be honest. Like WWE and like you know even Lucha Underground. Like the girls are in top shape. Yeah, you know? there's there's this one girl in particular, Lucha Underground, Cobra Moon, just incredible, incredible shape. Kind of reminds me of you. Uh, but so that's my twin sister. That's your twin sister. Yeah. Okay, I had a feeling. I thought you guys might be related. So Thunder, you grew up in Mexico. Um, now, what were some of your influence? What got you in? What made you fall in love with professional wrestling, or what got you into pro wrestling? Um, I started going to Hood Slam. You know, my husband and I always started going to Hood Slam. And I thought it was really fun, and I I started actually at Hutzlam because when Rolla Alexander died, like I was looking for a school, and they gave me a chance, you know. Then things didn't work out, you know, and like um, my plan was to go to the gold mine, you know, with Sparky and them, and try to do the uh, APW because I I really believe that you know there's different schools of wrestling, and for me and how I am, like I needed like from the beginning, like basics, like. Um, I can't just go and like do cool spots because I didn't know nothing about wrestling like nothing It's like learning another language. I didn't grow up with wrestling I you ask me about certain wrestlers and even Camille like I'm sorry a holiday that makes me study when I stay with her on the, When I go to LA she makes me watch wrestling so I can learn about the history of wrestling from the 80s and 70s You know learn the people's names and like learn storylines like I did not grow up with wrestling This is a whole different world. I went to school to be a teacher you know, and I ended up being a pro wrestler. Gotcha. All right. So you just basically recently got into it the last few years uh, after watching a live Hood Slam show. And shout out to Sparky Ballard and the Goldman out there in Pacifica for anyone uh, down in the Bay Area wanting to train to be a pro wrestler. That's where you came from. Yeah. Still the Lady Luck champion, right? Yes, I'm still the Lady Luck champion, which has been defended in... Well, it has traveled a lot of places now. It's been in Mexico. You know, I went to Japan first. Um, I defended in Mexico twice. And um, I got to ask you, how did that feel? Because you grew up in Mexico. Yeah. Now you're going to Mexico as a professional wrestler. I mean, that had to feel great. It does, you know, because um, I, still, I still feel like professional wrestling in Mexico, as far as, as, far as women wrestling, is not respected as much. You know, and... Uh, um, 
it just feel great going with the company that I went. It's a small company called WWS. And the ladies, all the girls were super nice, you know, uh, super supportive. They taught me as much as they could in the two weeks that I was there. And um, they were just open to work with me. And, and it was very special, although, you know, the crowds weren't very big or whatever. Like, that's not the point. The point was when I finished this, those two matches, three, the two matches that I defended my championship, uh, and people were clapping because they respected the work that I do, given the fact that I wasn't wrestling for that long. It's been a huge turn, a huge evolution of women's wrestling the last few years with the NXT movement going on with independent wrestlers like yourself. And if you want to call yourself an independent wrestler, which I wouldn't because you're world-renowned at this point, Thunder. You're inc I mean, it's incredible what you've done. You've been all over the globe. You've been doing this less than two years. Uh, what is your ultimate goal in professional wrestling? Uh, it is one, like I, I mentioned this before, is to... When you mention like, oh, what, what advice will you give to somebody and then for, you know, fitness or whatever is the same advice I will give to somebody that has any goal or in life. Uh, you have a dream. That's awesome when you have a dream, but you have to have a plan to achieve that dream, a goal, right? Um, if you really want to go for something, you have to go for it all balls out. Like you can't just go like halfway, nothing. Like you have to give your all, you know, um, I'm a firm believer that if you really want it you go for it I'm you know I'm an immigrant I came here with nothing like literally nothing you know I came here to get an education I got my education you know I wanted to be a teacher I tried to I failed you know and then the opportunity came I wanted to be a wrestler I went to school and I'm still training I went I want to be a wrestler then I said I want to travel the world with wrestling I was able to go to a couple places you know so that's those were my goals were met but I still I'm hungry for more I want to go in trouble the whole globe like I want to go to Europe I want to go to Australia I want to go back to Mexico to like a big company I want to go to like um, you know Latin America you know I want to show that when there is um, when there's a, what do you say when there's a where there's a will there's a way yeah, when there's a will it's a way and it doesn't you know matter what what it takes you know, yeah, and I have limits, you know. I'm a married person. I can't just be like, oh, maybe I just date this person. They'll help me out. I can't do that. You know, I have to work three times as hard because I'm older. I'm not American, you know, and, um, and I'm not your typical wrestler. Like, I think um, I, I feel different sometimes when I'm in, in, in the locker room. You know, it's like I'm not your typical looking white looking girl or your luchador with a mask like I pay my face you know and, and for a reason because very like um to celebrate my culture so my like I said going back to the question my goal is to like travel the world and really um make people believe in themselves you know one way or another motivate them to do something that they don't think they can do or achieve I can definitely see that in you, Thundered. Very motivating person, uh, very hardworking. I mean, you're someone that everyone should be looking at and being like, this is what we should aspire to be because here you are, you're in great shape, you're a beautiful girl, uh, your gear is incredible, and you're out there every weekend and you're doing other stuff. You're modeling, right? Yeah, when, I mean, when I can. <laughs> yeah, but I just, you know, finish a... Uh, summer shoot for uh, Lacey Racy and this is like one of the guys that I met in wrestling the guy believed that I was really 
like I had the body to like get a sponsor so I've been sponsored for them for like two years so I've been doing some stuff with them um, you know I'm trying to like you know because I'm an entertainer I have to like build myself and I'm trying to uh, now that I don't have a regular job because I'm doing like I said if you want to do it you gotta go balls out now and now I'm not working I'm a full-time wrestler you know I'm just really like grinding and hustling and you know trying to do as much as I can I want to do acting because we are at the end of the day we're actors like the theater the theater or our, our you know our platform is the ring and you know I think a lot of people don't understand that but I would like to do more acting and that's like extra income and um, you know if, it, if things don't work out I'll just go back to school yeah hungry just nothing but hunger that's how i would uh, describe you uh and now thunder as we wrap up here um thank you again so much for being here but where can people find more out about thunder uh thunder rosa online uh you guys can all, always go to my facebook page my like page because i can't accept any more friends uh it's thunder rosa on Facebook, uh, Instagram at ThunderRosa22, Twitter ThunderRosa22. I'm still working. I've been working on my webpage for like a year. I'm terrible at it, but now that I have more time, I'm probably gonna be working on my website. I, I don't have it up yet, um, but um, hit me up, send me a message. You know, I'm always available. I'm always responding to my fans. You can add them. I, I'm on live feeds all the time. I love social media. That's by far like the greatest platform that anybody anybody can have now because it's so easy accessible everybody has a phone you know everybody has facebook or some sort of social media and there will be people all people everybody's watching everybody's listening there's always somebody you're on twitter yeah uh, thunder rosa 22 check me out under i think it's uh, thunder rosa cobra moon i don't know Gotcha. It won't be hard to pop up, I'm sure. Type in Thunder Rosa and you'll find out all about her. And come to a live show, watch Thunder Rosa, buy one of her t-shirts. I'm sure she'll have about seven or eight of them uh, to choose from. I'm going to buy a t-shirt right now, actually, Thunder. Uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on, Mitch, please. And uh, good luck to you in your journey. I know you're going to make it big, yeah. bigger than you've already made it. I, I know it. I hope so. I really hope so. And if I don't, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm just like, again, I'm... I'm living the American dream, man. Like, if you guys like, could see, you know, the things that you see when you're from another country and then you just come here and, like, fucking it's, it's like, open opportunities for anything. You can be anything you want, you know. Yeah. If It's incredible. Like, I would have never thought I would do this. I don't think I would have been, been able to do this in Mexico. I got you. It must be just genetics. You know, your twin sister doing it up in Lucha Underground. It just must be genetics, Thunder. Thank you so much. And uh, you have a, have a great uh, great journey and a great uh, and much, nothing but great wishes, well wishes, and success to you. Thank you. They call me the finish botcher, Mitch Valentine. You know, I actually never botched a finish in my professional wrestling career so far, except for one. And that was with my uh, my friend right here that I'm sitting with. Uh, what was it, Shoop? It was Off the Wall Soccer. It was uh, Living on the Edge 2012. It was myself and Will, Ro Will Rude against the Chico Hammers, Chico Lopez, Shoop Shellhammer. Here comes that. We had a great match. A gra everything was great. Here comes the hot tag. Uh, here comes. Uh, who, who got the hot tag? I, I believe it was me. I, I got the hot tag, which was not normal so maybe that had something to do with it but i 
I remember you botched something. I I honestly can't remember what it was. What was it? No, the whole the whole hot tag was botched, bro. <laughs> you come in and you I think you forgot what you were throwing, and then Chico forgot what he was throwing, and then I, me and Will Root are stumbling around, and it was horrible. I was so angry after I was yelling in the locker room. I've never actually been that angry because you know we had put so much myself in particular. I put so much work into this July uh, Chico show, and the crowd was it was only about two hundred, which is a real low crowd right. for for us, you know, for PCW, especially in Chico. Um, probably be a high crowd for anybody else trying to run in Chico if that does actually happen. Anyway, so we, uh, we had, yeah, 200 people. I worked hard, you know, got all these sponsors or whatever and these people. And it's like, I wasn't happy with the crowd. And then the finish happens and, the, you know, wasn't happy with the finish. I was mad. I was angry. And Will Rude's like, calm down, brother. Come on, man. You got the next one. Just worry about the next one. I'm like, this is the only one that matters. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I do remember that, uh. I remember the finish. I went to pin, I think it was Will Rude, and he put his leg on the rope. And I remember I stared right at his leg on the rope right before I pinned him. It was just awful. The, the fin that finish was just god-awful. I blame Coop. It was before Coop has cut his hair. He had his hair up like Braveheart. I think it was Coop's <laughs> fault. Shout out to Tim Cooper. We love you, brother. Two! Alright, so here we are, uh, Shoop. We're, uh, we're, you're back on the show. You're back on Mitch Please, of course. The first two-time guest on Mitch Please, Mike Shoop. He holds that accolade as well as a former PCW Inter-California champion and a former two-time PCW Tag Team champion. Um, you're back here on the show, Shoop. Um, we have a little bit of time. I wanted to talk about the state of professional wrestling. I, I know you you don't watch as much as you used to. I keep up on it as best I can. The big topic right now, man, is the WWE is going back and they're doing the brand split again here in July. Um, so they'll be, as far as we can tell, Raw hasn't aired as we talk right now. But as far as we know, you know, uh, you're going to have Raw, you're going to have SmackDown. Um, Shoop, what do you remember about those old days, man, of the WWE draft? It was back in 2002. They split the brands up, man. I know you were heavy into it then. What did you, what did you think? What did you like? What did you dislike about it back then? I was very, uh, unhappy about the, the, the draft. I, I thought it was, I thought it was stupid to bring in new titles. I, I know they didn't, uh, do that right away, but... I was big into the Attitude Era. I was big in like 97, 98, 99 is when I really, really enjoyed watching wrestling. Uh, I think it really just lost steam after 2003. But... Uh, I'll agree with you for yeah. the most part, man. I mean, 2003 was a year where um, you lost Rock, you lost Austin. They didn't know what they were doing with Goldberg. Mm -hmm. um, but the draft, though, in 2002, I thought was cool. Um, it really it started it broke up the Dudley boys. I remember that uh, they they were they had Ric Flair running Raw. They had Vince McMahon running SmackDown. Uh, the Rock had also just left again, so SmackDown kind of was you know it was uh, it was like Kurt it's starting to become Kurt Angle's show. Mm -hmm. And I and and I love Kurt Angle. So what happened for me was what I thought SmackDown was actually better than Raw because uh, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and Edge, man, they were having just match of the year you know candidates every week on SmackDown. Do you remember those matches? I do. I remember I I really enjoyed SmackDown over Raw because Raw seemed more it just lots of talking and SmackDown was more action and I was huge into uh Matt Hardy's angle. V1 now. Yeah, the version 1, man. It was it was great. I like especially when uh I think it was Paul Heyman was GM at that time. That's when I really enjoyed it. 
Um, Paul Heyman was actually writing the show. The best of my yeah. knowledge, with what I've read and heard from people, Paul Heyman was actually writing SmackDown when that brand split happened. Like he was, he was writing SmackDown. I don't know who was who was helping with Raw. They, they've got a 50, 60, 100, maybe a thousand writers, so it's hard to keep up. But yeah, man, Paul Heyman's vision for SmackDown was definitely evident. Man, everybody knew like Brock Lesnar when he he came in and started doing his thing, and Kurt Angle, and yeah, Matt Hardy, bro. I love Matt Hardy's version one gimmick. I thought it was the best thing he's done. He had is uh, MFers, Shannon Moore, uh, Crash Holly, right? Right, right. The uh, the MFers, that, that was good. It's it was definitely probably the best thing he's done, especially. But I haven't watched TNA in a long time. But I saw a picture of him, and it it just looked like he got off of a. 15-day drug binge or something. I haven't watched TNA either, man. I think that's the, the character they're going with him. Like, he's... I know he's, like, the top heel there. So, like, they're trying to make him look like a crazy man. Um, you know, and Matt Hardy, you know, I I know you met him. I got a chance to train with him in all pro wrestling back in 2013, man. Great guy, man. What Knowledgeable. I mean, he gets it, you know. I mean, just one of the best. It's a shame... Uh, uh, he's not in WWE still because I really feel he could be him and Jeff could be really helping that tag team division. And what's going to happen with the tag teams, man? Because back back in 02, 04, they had two different tag team champions. Now here's how I feel. I think there should be one world champion. I think there should be one set of tag champs, one women's champ. Go ahead and put the U.S. belt on Raw and the IC title on SmackDown or whatever. But I mean, let these these tag teams should be facing the best talent in the whole roster. And same with the heavyweight champion and the women's champ. Right, I uh, I definitely agree for the heavyweight. I know that's that's the way it was at first when they first did the brand split. There were all these other titles, but there was only one heavyweight champion, and he defended uh, on Raw and SmackDown. And then they started having a Raw pay per view and a SmackDown pay per view, and then a pay per view where they combined the two brands, and it was, it was just a mess. And I really hope that they just have the one heavyweight champion. Uh, I would love to see them bring back the undisputed title design, but that probably won't happen. I don't mind the title they have. I mean, the women's title and the heavyweight title, they, they actually look kind of similar now, which is, I mean, it's cool because they're putting the women on the same, uh, you know, the same level as the men with having the titles look similar. I think they need to change those tag titles, bro. Those tag titles have looked horrible for years. I mean, they've had those penny-looking titles for like five or six years, man, if not more. Right, yeah, I I can't stand the uh, I, I like I like the little gladiator design, but that's where it stops. Uh, the the tag division, I'm I'm hoping that it's it's coming back, but uh, it's still it. I don't think it'll ever be the same that it was when you had Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys and Too Cool and. Yeah, man, it was just, the tag division was stacked. They have potential, man. They still have the Dudleys, and the Dudleys should be leading the way. And Enzo and Cass and uh, the New Day and, uh, you know, they, they've, they've still got a couple couple great tag teams. Now, here's my question with this whole draft thing, man. This is what I don't get. Um, if you're, okay, if you're going to split the brands, and here's why they screwed up. I want to go back to where they screwed up, I think, Shoop, with the, with the last time they did this was... Yeah, man, they started tweaking the pay-per-views, and then and then they started just having everybody on all the shows, but they still claimed it was separate brands and separate world champions, but everyone was still on the same show. It was, very, uh, it was a cluster, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. I like the idea of having two separate rosters, but here's my thing. Where does this leave NXT? Because if you're going to split the rosters, I mean, you're going to want to grab some NXT guys. You're going to want a Samoa Joe and an Austin Aries and a, uh, you know, and a Nakamura uh 
Yeah, I said a Japanese name and a Spanish uh, accent. That's how I roll here on Mitch, please. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, like, seriously, like, where does this leave NXT? And here's the other thing. Is Raw still going to be three hours? Because that's not fair. Why, why does one brand get three hours and one brand get two? I was listening to the Taz show. Uh, I listen to it every day. It's a huge inspiration for this show. I was listening to the Taz show, and Taz had said that he thinks what's going to happen, and I, you know, you, we haven't talked about this. You're going to love this, I think. He thinks... Um, Shane will run Raw, Stephanie will run SmackDown, and then they will bicker. Like, well, why does Shane get three hours? You could totally see Stephanie doing that. You know, why does, why does he get three hours? Bam, enter Triple H. And Triple H comes back and says, well, Stephanie, you got two hours on SmackDown. Shane, no, man, you only got two hours on Raw because that extra hour is going to NXT. And now it's full credit to Taz for that. No hack alert here because full credit for Taz for that. That was his idea, and I loved it. Um, but if that does happen, now we got three brands... I mean, I, I think they have enough talent to fill three brands. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I haven't watched in a while, but uh, the last I saw, NXT was definitely blowing both Raw and SmackDown out of the water. But I would love to see um, NXT have have that that full hour and and bring Raw back to only two hours because I feel like that that first hour is just is just it does it doesn't it doesn't need to happen it's it's like nitro when nitro is three hours it it was just a oh look we got three hours we run from eight to eleven it, it's a lot of instant replays man they just show yeah. the same stuff it's the same matches and then too what happens now uh is you know you just get rematches on smackdown it's like it's just i'm so glad they're doing this draft i think it's the best decision they've made um in a long time um, and, and the thing is, too, all right, so if NXT gets that extra hour, I mean, they already have an hour every Wednesday on the WWE Network. Are they going to be airing on the USA Network? Are they going to be the lead into Raw? How are they going to film that? Are they going to film that in Florida? Are they going to film that at the Raw Arena where, they, where they're taping Raw? I mean, so many questions. We still have, like, over a month before this actually happens. Um, kind of surprised they announced it so far in advance because now we're just like, well, what's going to happen in a month? We don't care about that. What's going on? And as, as, as we said, we haven't watched Raw tonight. Uh, it's Memorial Day as we record this uh, we haven't watched raw yet we haven't witnessed the big return oh. of the champ john cena and i want to ask you this shoot another thing uh, that i noticed i actually tweeted this out at heartbreaker mv on twitter i said because i read that i saw a new john cena t-shirt and it was very um it looked like a blue paps ribbon yeah. uh kind of design and i loved it man i was like dude this is awesome because here in chico blue paps i mean it's huge i mean i love the beer myself or at least i used to because i wanted to buy this shirt and then all of a sudden i see blue paps whatever the heck their name is on twitter oh we definitely see you and you know they, they, you know we're gonna sue you or whatever mm. i'm just like you know what man you guys should be honored that a literally a global icon he is john cena is is uh emulating you is paying tribute to you by by being influenced in his t-shirt designed by blue, blue paps and i don't know what he's gonna wear tonight but man i was i was ready to buy that t-shirt yeah yeah i i saw all of that i wasn't exactly sure what was going on but uh i it was a it was a different design which was nice to see a different design from john cena all of his shirts kind of look the same but going back to uh the announcement that he's returning i i just gotta chime in i hate how they've been doing They're like so and so returns tonight so and so returns next week i hate it i it used to be that nothing was announced you'll be watching raw or smackdown or a pay-per-view or whatever and bam all of a sudden a surprise return and it was exciting 
And it's, it's like at uh, Extreme Rules when uh, Seth Rollins made his return. It, it was awesome to see Seth Rollins back. I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan. But it would have been so much more if, if Roman Reigns was just celebrating all of a sudden... Ron's music hit. The crowd would have went crazy. Or when Daniel Bryan was announced that he was going to make his return. Screw that. Don't announce anything. He could have, he, it could have been the Royal Rumble and his music hit. And the crowd would have become unglued. It, it's just, I, I can't stand this. This let's, let's announce that so-and-so is coming back tonight. I, I hate it. I agree with you for the most part. I mean, they do it because they want to capitalize on the advertising and they want to um, promote it, you know, and they want to make sure they get as many viewers as possible uh, for so-and-so's return. And they got a lot of guys coming back, too. So uh, I don't know what uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm looking here for the preview, the full raw preview. I want to see where they're at tonight. Uh, looks like they're in Green Bay, Wisconsin tonight. So, you know, they want to advertise that. Maybe they need to up ticket sales, you know, right. for, for Green Bay. Maybe they, you know, they just want to make sure they get as many viewers as they can. Everyone knows John Cena was coming back soon. You know, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, those guys are due back soon, too. Um, so, I agree with you, though. I, I do like the shock and returns, man. They always, when The Rock would show up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, dude, I would literally go nuts. When I was at WrestleMania, bro, I'd been in the business for nine years, and I didn't. The Rock was not advertised for WrestleMania in San Francisco, and I'm sitting there in the tenth row, and I'm just like, "Oh my God, is he gonna show up?" Like nobody knows, you know. And then Donovan Troy goes, "I think I saw The Rock's mom in the front row," and I was like, "Oh shh," <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. this, that if The Rock's mom's there, like The Rock's there, you know what I mean? So I freaking, but then you know, still didn't. You know, I, Donovan, how does he, he may have been messing with me. So when The Rock's music hit, man, everyone went insane. So I totally feel you on those surprise returns. Um, but um, anyways, let's switch topics here. We'll, maybe we'll come back to WWE. Uh, I... Uh I have been watching. I, I know Lucha Underground is is a lot a lot of talk there. I watched uh, Cobra Moon. Uh, I watched her debut, and that was the last time I watched the show. Um, is a good show. I like what they do. I like how it's different. I love Vampiro and Matt Stryker on commentary. Um, not a big fan of their champion, um, <laughs> but I do like um, a lot of their talent. I like that Joey Ryan's there. Uh, Rey Mysterio's there. Um, what do you think of Lucha Underground, Shoot? Um. I, to be honest, I haven't watched much lately because of uh thing, just me not watching TV, really. But uh, from what I've seen, I, I really enjoy, uh, I know me and you differ here, but I'm a big Brian Cage fan. Uh, no, I'm a fan of Brian Cage. I should have mentioned him. I, no, I like Brian. Um, I like Willie Mack. Mm -hmm. I, I thought they had a really, really good match on the... Uh, on the season finale, and I think Lucha Underground is the best thing that ever happened to Brian uh, because it's really got his character. Because the thing about Brian that I did, wasn't a fan of was I didn't know what his character was. Mm. You know, when he was in OVW and he was doing that Wolverine thing, I saw a little bit of that. That was cool. And then when he came, got out of that, he was just back to I'm Brian Cage. I'm big and in shape, and uh, rah. You know, I don't know. Like there was just I do a bunch of cool moves, but it was like that's cool. But now he's the machine, yeah. and they're explaining why he's the machine. And then he ripped somebody's heart out or something. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I, I know he ripped the title in half. Yeah. That's when I first actually remember. Yeah. I saw that. That's the first time that's ever been done. You know right. what I mean? I did like that, but yeah, continue. I know you, uh, I know you love, you love you some Brian Cage. Shoot. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, Tell yeah. us all about him. Oh, I love me some Brian Cage. <laughs> Everybody always, uh, 
back in the day, back in MWF, would say that I had, if if Brian Cage turned gay, that I, the straight society would lose another one. No, but uh, I, Brian, I'm a big fan of Brian. I, uh, I don't know if it's just that. I feel like I, uh, I owed him for pulling. I, I didn't know there was independent wrestling in Chico. I, I didn't. I thought the closest thing was was PCW in Yuba City, and at the time I couldn't afford that. So, uh, so yeah, Brian, I met Brian and, uh, he started my, my wrestling training. So, uh, and I just, I, I remember seeing him wrestle, uh, a guy named Dredge in, uh, in MWF one, one time at a bar that we used to run in and our, that, that's when I knew, I was like, dude, this guy's going to blow up someday. Like, like he didn't even have like professional training at the time and he was still like, more entertaining than half the guys I was seeing on TV. So to see where he is now and how far he has come, it's uh, it's really cool to see that. I thought it was really cool to see him in a Donald Trump t-shirt <laughs> coming out there to face Alberto Del Rio. Now I got the accent right. Uh, for you know for tri- AAA, I believe. I thought that was cool, man. He was getting a lot of attention for that. So no, no, shout out to Brian Cage, man. And I'm glad he's doing good things in Lucha Underground. Um... So, okay, so Ring of Honor, are you catching that at all? Uh, I saw a little bit of Ring of Honor last summer, was the last time I wow. saw anything. <laughs> so, uh, I've, I, I haven't seen much Ring of Honor, like, like ever, really. I know you, uh, you let me borrow a DVD once, and the main event lasted an hour, and I was like, oh my god, this, they just go and go and go, man. Yeah, I was a big fan of Ring of Honor, uh... I started getting into it in like 2004 because I heard about the Samoa Joe CM Punk best of three or, you know, they're, they're at one hour draws they were having. And um, and that was when I first discovered both those guys, too. I was like, well, who are these guys? Why is everybody talking about these guys? You know, and I watched that and I was like, oh, OK, well, maybe that's why. Um, so I, I like that. I watched 04, 05, 06. I was really into Ring of Honor. And then I started getting out of it. They lost Joe. They lost Styles. They lost Punk. I was like, eh, I, I'm a huge Colt Cabana fan, so I, I still kind of followed but then he was he left in like oh nine or something i can't remember but i did hear about him coming back and he wrestled jay lethal uh for the roh world title in chicago and i wanted to watch that i still want to watch that match i've heard great things about it um but i know that was their last big pay-per-view and um yeah man i'm just i'm just not a fan i'll be you know i'll be open up uh, open and honest on this show i'm just not a fan of a lot of these newer wrestlers that just don't have characters and they just do a lot of finishers and they you know and they're they all kind of look the same they're real small and, and and slender and in great shape but i mean um cheeseburger was a little fun i, I, I listened to him talk with jericho on his show i i caught a little bit of ring of honor on uh when i had some cable action going on i was watching their show on um uh, destination america i think when they were on there i caught a little bit there um i enjoyed what what uh the addiction i think they're called daniels and kazarian enjoyed what they're doing um uh, Moose was somebody that kind of caught me. I almost wrestled Moose, actually. I was bo- yeah. I was booked to wrestle him, and then the show got canceled, and then it got restarted, and I'm real disappointed. I'm real, uh, man, I wish I could have got a chance to get in the ring with, with that guy, but he, man, he's a big old dude, so maybe I saved myself some more injuries, but no. Um, so yeah, no, we're not, we're not big Ring of Honor fans. I mean, I, nothing against those guys. It's just, they're, they're they need to promote 
their show. They need to get out there more, maybe, especially on the West Coast. Uh, they're not doing much out here. So, um, and then there's TNA. Right. And again, we said we don't really watch that, guys. Sorry if you guys are looking for some TNA talk. We just... They're, I, they're just not doing anything that makes me want to watch and go out of my way to watch now. You no, know, it, it and it used to be I preferred that over WWE when the X Division was the the main reason to watch, which was cool because it was these smaller guys that had more attention than the uh, the heavyweight division, and then you had like Christian coming in, and then Kurt Angle, and it kind of, and then Nash, and it kind of became like WWE version 2 came yeah. like WCW version yeah. 2 it was horrible no i i did love it like again going back 040506 you know um even 0708 man cuz they were doing this main event mafia stuff but yeah the earlier stuff was Styles Daniels and Joe and the X Division stuff and you know i enjoyed Jeff Jarrett as their champion he was a real heel that guy got heat whatever he had the belt too long well whatever that's how back in the day man they'd hold the belt for years so i mean i love Jeff Jarrett uh, as the champion and i don't know what it, speaking of Jeff Jarrett I don't know what he's doing with uh, Global uh, Wrestling uh, Federation, or I think that's what they're called. Global Force. Global Force, thank you. Um, I, I haven't heard anything about what they're doing. I know they ran a couple shows. I, they did something in Reno with uh, with the Reno Scum. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Paul Isadora and Virgil Flynn also got on that show. Shout out to those guys. I, I hope, uh, I thought they got a TV deal. I know it's a, a, they're working on different things in different countries. Have you heard anything? I, not, not from Global Force, no. Um. I was excited to see Jeff Jarrett open something else, and I was hoping that it was going to uh, blow up like uh, TNA did originally. But uh, you know, anything can happen. So hopefully, hopefully something happens, and hopefully, uh, guys like the Reno Scum and Virgil, and it will allow them to have to get work where they can just do professional wrestling as their career. Yeah, I want to see a lot of these guys out here in the NorCal scene, guys like Adam Thornstow and Lester the Legend and, you know, Rick Luxury has been at it forever, and I can't believe, uh, I mean, he's working a lot anyways. He just won the NWA Western States title, right? The, I mean, he's always doing great, but I don't know. Uh, there's definitely talent out here. Uh, go, the, the only thing, like, going back over a year, uh, the Global Force Wrestling was promoting, uh, the, they were working with New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 9, I believe it was, and Jim Ross was on commentary, and they were promoting that, and AJ Styles was on the card, so I ordered that. It was like 50 bucks, man. Yeah. I ordered that, and I watched that, and it was actually a pretty good show. Uh, first time seeing uh, um, uh, The Rainmaker. Um, oh, gosh. Drawing a blank. Okada. Hmm. Uh, first time seeing guys like that. I, I'd seen Tanahashi a little bit, like in TNA or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot, lot, first time seeing a lot of those guys in New Japan. I know Jim Ross is still doing, he's doing commentary every week on, uh, on, on their television show. I'm not even sure what channel it airs on. Sorry, guys, I got to get on this a little bit more, but there's only so much wrestling you can watch. I, I myself prefer going back on that WWE network. I like watching the stuff that makes me that made me fall in love with wrestling. Like right now I'm watching old Raws and Smackdowns from 2001 because it's like, you know, I like watching wrestling that entertains me. Right. I'm not watching wrestling now, especially I'm not working. I'm not watching wrestling to learn like, oh, this spot and that spot and this guy. I'm watching wrestling because it's the greatest form of entertainment on the planet in my opinion and I'm going to watch the stuff that entertains me. Um, all right, Shoop, we're getting close here on time, bro. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. 
We got no notes, bro. We got no notes in front of us. I stumbled over the computer to try to look up where Raw was tonight, but like we have no notes. We're very uh, unprepared, unrehearsed, and uh, unedited. And another unword. Uh, underwear. I don't wear underwear. Oh. You wearing underwear? I, I am. It's what? really really tight American Eagle underwear. <laughs> nice, nice. You got to fly like an eagle. Bap like an eagle. Remember that one? I do. Yeah. Inside joke. All right. So I'm putting you on the spot, Shoop. I want, I'm gonna, I want you to give me your top three favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, man. But because it's my show, because it's Mitch Please, it's not Shoop Please. Not yet. It's Mitch, please. I'm going to go first. So I'm going to give you my top three favorite wrestlers today, That I how I feel right now today, because this could change daily, I'm sure, a lot of people. But I'm going to give you my top three. Um, all right, here we go. So The Rock. I mean, this is the reason I started watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't care about wrestling. I was watching it as a kid. I'm like, what is this? As Even as seven, eight years old, I'm like, this is guys fake fighting in their underwear. And a lot of people have heard this story that know me, but I'm going to tell it to hopefully some people listening that haven't heard this story. But... Um, I was living in Quincy, and I had a, a, a best friend, black friend, like great guy, Darnell, um, and he got me into three things. He got me into rap music, he got me into basketball, and he said, dude, you have to watch The Rock. This guy talks to smack, and he gets it done. You got to watch him. And I'm like, well, I want my cred, so I got to watch this. You know what I mean? I got to be able to be on top of stuff. So I watched it. First thing I saw, it was like, um, well, I think... The first thing I saw was The Godfather, mm-hmm. which totally was like, oh, yeah, all these hoes coming out with him. This is awesome. <laughs> but then first time seeing The Rock, like him and Benoit were like brawling or something. And I was like, dude, this looks legit. Like Benoit's getting thrown around. Like, I mean, they, I thought it was real. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I, well, the rest of that stuff, I mean, some of it's not real. But, man, The Rock and Benoit or whoever The Rock's wrestling, that's the real stuff because The Rock's the champ, you know. So, so The Rock. Um, and then Kurt Angle. Again, at first, as a Mark starting watch, I hated him. He's like, oh, this annoying goofball. Like, he won a gold medal. Like, whatever. He's not the, you know, he's not the rock. <laughs> so, like, I, I, but, man, I fell in love with him, man. I mean, just his promos, his geeky promos. He could do everything. He could be a tough badass. He could be a nerd. He could make you laugh. He could piss you off. I mean, he could make you cry, man, because of his performances and, and how real, um, he took wrestling because you know he gave his life to it and it's a shame he's not in wwe uh he's not getting that one last run i hope he does because uh that guy deserves it man i mean he, he killed it in tna um personal problems aside i mean hopefully he's 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 all good now i know he's you know he, i've got nothing but great things to say about kurt i hope to, i haven't met him i hope to meet him one day and tell him but he's a uh, man yeah one of my favorites and then to go number three would be tough man you know rock and kurt number three oh man oh i'd have to go with I want to say Mr. Primetime because he's my trainer, <laughs> but I don't think that's fair because he got put over enough last week. So, no, I mean, to, to be honest, man, like, how do you categorize your favorite wrestler? Is it your favorite in-ring performer? Is it your favorite, um, you know, guy that you watch for his promos or whatever? Or, or is it your favorite guy to watch to learn from, you know, if you're a worker or you're, you're in the wrestling business? But I will say this. Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, MPT, three of the top wrestlers I've ever seen perform live. And that would be hard to choose, like, who I think is the best mm-hmm. out of, you know, best wrestlers in the ring is, is Eddie, Angle, 
and uh, and MPT, in my opinion. But I got to give some credit to Samoa Joe because I'm going to put him at number three because Samoa Joe, um, different kind of athlete, man. Uh, as, a, as a fellow man with a belly, <laughs> to watch that guy and, and be like, oh, man, well, you can have a belly and be a badass with your shirt off still and your tits hanging out. But I think my tits are bigger than Samoa Joe's. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to have a we'll have to figure that out another day. But, no, um, I love Samoa Joe, man. I loved his promos. I loved everything he did in the ring, man. He, he made wrestling look real. And, um, yeah, that's got to be my three right there. Shout out to MPT. Shout out to Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair, Stone Cold, all these guys that I love to watch. But I'm going to go with those three, Shoop. All right. Go ahead and give me your three. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. You told how you got into wrestling. I want to go into how I was in elementary school and my best friend at the time, uh, J -J Jason. Um, he uh, he comes to me at lunch. And he's like, oh, Mike, we gotta we got we gotta become professional wrestlers. I'm like, Why? He's like, Are you crazy? Those guys are huge. He's like, The NWO. They're they're taking over WCW. We got we got to stop them. I'm like thinking, Man, you're crazy. I'm I don't want to be a wrestler. I'll never be a pro wrestler. I mean, now I am, but uh, so it's it's hard to pick a top three. I God like number one. I don't know if this is gonna be in order, but uh, man, I uh, I mean, young Shawn Michaels is, is got to be up there. Love. Love watching his uh, early stuff, uh, his heartbreak stuff. I, I wasn't much of a fan when he came back, but uh, he's probably up there. Um, I got to tell you, because the first time I saw Shawn Michaels, because I didn't start watching until 2000, was when he came back. So that was my first experience of Shawn, and I didn't really like him either. Right. But then I just started to respect him because of how great a performer he was. I mean, did you know at an early age, like, damn, this guy's just a great in-ring performer? Or is that what drew you about him? Or was it his sexy outfits? Oh, I, <laughs> I just, I, I think it was just, uh, he was a smaller guy, and uh, he was... In, in like especially back then a, a, a big bodybuilder guy's world and he was he just brought something different to the table um, so yeah Shawn Michaels definitely I, I gotta throw Matt Hardy up there Matt Hardy was a especially in my high school years uh, he used to have a website on www.com and uh, he would write blogs and everything and he was just like so inspiring to me like like I even used one of his quotes in my as my senior quote in the yearbook, to achieve you have to believe, um, especially in high school when everyone was telling me that I was too small to be a pro wrestler. So uh, Matt Hardy's up there. I got to say, too, because I just got to chime in here because it's Mitch Please, and I know you love when I interrupt you. But no, <laughs> seriously, though, Matt Hardy, because for me, man, I really liked this. My, like We talked about version one earlier. I liked when he got fired for that whole Lita Edge thing, man, and then he came back. I mean, that was one of the hottest angles in pro wrestling, yeah. really, because he was wrestling for Ring of Honor and stuff, and then he comes in, like, it looked like a shoot. It was really, honestly, if my recollection, the only time I think Vince McMahon and the WWE ever pulled off what looked to be, like, a real, like, shoot situation with someone coming in, man. I, I love that stuff. But go ahead, number three. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was good. Uh, number three, God. I... God? God, God. He teamed yes. with he teamed with Shawn Michaels <laughs> against the McMahons. I remember that. Good match. Hell of a bumper. That God. <laughs> no. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, Petey Williams. I, I really liked him. Um, 
just because he brought, he was a small guy. I liked uh, Eddie Guerrero up there. Kurt Angle, just, I, I loved his promos. Kurt Angle just made me, it, not so much his intensity stuff. I liked when he when he first came in, he was just goofy. And that, like the, the quote-unquote interview he had with The Rock, when you just spliced different interviews The Rock had, it was, it was hilarious. The stuff with Austin McMahon was great with the badge and the, the guitar. And then I just caught, I stumbled on one the other day, bro. He was teaming with The Undertaker in the main event when Undertaker was the American badass and had the bandana and the bike and everything. And uh, they did something in 2000 where Kurt came out with the scooter and everything. But even funnier than that, was under Angle's a face teaming with a face Undertaker doing the Alliance vs. WWF stuff, and he he's got the bandana on, and he's like, "What do you think?" <laughs> it was just great, man. Yeah, Kurt Angle's the man. Yeah, Kurt Kurt's great. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I really like Seth Rollins. I don't know if I would put him as one of my top three of all time. But what about Brian Cage. Oh, Brian Cage. Oh. What about MPT? MPT. What about that Kimmy? Oh, Kimmy. Kimmy's, Kimmy's the future of women's wrestling. Watch out, every other woman. Uh, no, but and men. She's, and she owns two victories over me. She And she won. Uh, I'm going on record here. She won the PCW Tag Team Championships for the Chico Hammers. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, no. Um, yeah, Eddie Guerrero, would pro he'd, he'd probably be... Uh, He'd probably be number three, just because yeah. uh, I really feel like I, I don't want to. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to because this is Mitch. Please, I really feel like the good professional mainstream wrestling died with Eddie Guerrero. I feel that same way, man. I stopped watching when he died. It, when his death hit me hard, because I he was the first. Like I was, I've seen him live. Like I've seen him do his thing. I was a fan for years, for five years at that point. Didn't see the Owen Hart stuff. Uh, wasn't wasn't watching during that time. But man, when Eddie Guerrero died, man, I was like, it hit me. I cried, bro. I watched his DVD. I was like, this is. I can't believe this. And then raw the next night with the whole tribute thing and. Man, I, I was 17 at the time. I was riding my bike around. I had on my bike EG67 through 05 on my bike. I looked at it every day. And then in our match, actually, we our second match, we talked about our first match last time here on Mitch Please. I, I'm just going to jump into this. we got a couple minutes. Our second match in Yuba City for Pro Championship Wrestling, it was a week later after our debut match. Um, Zach had let me actually basically put put the thing together put uh, both of us put it together but i mean you know me i have like i'm going right. to i have my ideas and i never shut up so I had actually, and it was on that day, it was five years to the day that Eddie Guerrero had died on the day we wrestled, and I had on my wrist tape EG67 through 05, and man, we went out there and in our second match, and the only match that was better was MPT versus Rick Luxury, and everybody said so, and I think Eddie Guerrero was there, bro. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, I feel like he knew how much and how important this was to us, and I had, you know, I just felt him in spirit there for some reason. I think that's why we had such a great performance in our second ever match um but yeah man um r.i.p much love 10 11 years later almost eddie guerrero i mean he was the man he still he is the man and he'll never be forgotten and his work and his promos should be watched by everybody in the wrestling business because you can definitely learn something uh from that guy definitely and uh before before you uh close this out uh uh, going back to the draft with Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen um, 
was, and you, it's really hard. I don't think you could find it online. It's really not around. Is uh, when Triple H got drafted to SmackDown, and Eddie Guerrero was champion at the time. And I remember Triple H comes out. He's got the raw the raw T-shirt on, and he rips it off to reveal the SmackDown shirt. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Triple H for the. Uh, the undisputed the title. WWE championship yeah, that did. Eddie Guerrero had, yeah, yeah, and it was, oh man, they just tore the house down. It was it was great, and it's really hard to find. But I have it, I have it recorded on DVD. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And again, going back to the draft here with Eddie Guerrero, I mean, who's to say Eddie Guerrero would have won the title if it wasn't for the draft? That's what's great about this thing that's going to happen here in a month. Uh, is you know all these talents, you know, are going to get a chance they wouldn't have got before, and hopefully some of the independent talents yeah. they're going to get signed to NXT. So they're going to get an opportunity they wouldn't have got before. So it's exciting time for wrestling, man. There's there's like five shows on every week, uh, and then every weekend you can go support your local independent show. I mean, pro wrestling. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to get as big as it was in 1999, 2000, but. You know, hopefully it will. And uh, thank you very much, Mike Shoop, for coming on. Back on Mitch, please. Go ahead and plug your uh, social media. All right. So, Mike Shoop 101 for Snapchat, Instagram, and. Oh, what's the other one? Twitter, at Shellhammer Time. I gotcha. <laughs> like Shoop Shellhammer on Facebook. And. Uh, like Mitch, please, on Facebook. Follow myself on Twitter at HeartbreakerMV. Share this stuff, guys. Get the word out. Thank you. Again, NoDQ.com. Hopefully this one airs on that website again. And thank you to everybody. And uh, we will see you again. Well, you'll actually hear me again uh, next time on Mitch, please. Thank you very much. I went on a run today in the park I looked at the trees and my brain started to spark Questions arise, at last the alcohol I pass Become part of the mass, take off the devil's mask I'm free at last What was I thinking? Terror in my soul Just to get fucked up and arrested on the weekend I was raised dead wrong Never had a pops to tell me my situation What's really going on? My mom's tried but we didn't get along I was weak but I thought I was strong I wanna hug her and give her a kiss But my pride has been diminished It's about time I'll replenish Let y'all take witness Kinda like the Beastie Boys This is the rebirth to put my mark on this earth Yeah, whether it's music or school I'm always gonna keep it cool Keep it cool Ooh, yeah, the world is mine Yeah.
Whether it's a sample or the NPC It's always gonna be a part of me Like a river over the rock, I'ma do it non-stop Not for you, for me, so stay off my back if you can't see I'm from Chico and I gotta put it down Smoking weed by the pound like the circus back in town So don't clown the world is mine, the choices I make Recognize a mistake, now I'm eating mashed potatoes With my steak on the golden plate Better late than never, the world is mine to discover Like the grouts and zip the pouch and let it all hang out A storm cloud brewing in, yeah, doing it loud Travel from city to city, state to state The world is mine and yeah, it feels great